Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Good morning, Mark. You are whereabouts in Australia at the moment? I'm on my way to Victoria. Well, not Victoria, I'm on my way to Howlong, which is on the uh, Victorian border uh, on the New South Wales side of the Murray River. And I, I've got uh, two four-day workshops uh, running there before I head home. Two four-day workshops in Banyandahan, actually. So look them up if you're in that area. So, Mark, the questions this morning that we've got coming through um, are all about handling horses in different ways on the ground um, with different 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 problems. But I'm going to start off with one uh, a question, which is about a a horse that I presume has never been touched before. It's from Deborah. She's working with a horse that has come to her with a rope halter put on it, and it was put on the horse in the chute. So I'm guessing it was just run onto a truck, and then she managed to uh, rescue or, or get hold of this horse. She's secured the horse in a pen as best as she can to make it safe, but she's you know obviously worried about this horse with the halter on it. Um, and she wants to be able to get to a point where she can take the whole halter off. At the moment, she can reach to the horse and stand near it. But do you have any pointers or any videos that she should watch so that she can continue building the trust that she's got to to enable her to actually get that halter off? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I was just uh, thinking there's, there's many times over the years that uh... – you know, more so now, now that I'm doing a lot of clinics, so I, I deal with a lot of touchy horses. And I used to sort of have a lot of horses jumped off trucks and some turn up with holes on that I don't know how they got them on, uh, to be honest. But it uh, would have been the same thing, run through a cattle crush with that and put a, put a holder on and uh, hope for the best. And there's times that, you know, I've, I've put a rope on a horse's neck and thought I should go out and then... I should never have done it just before dark because I realised I had to stay there to get the rope off or get a holder off because I never like leaving them out with a holder on. So I uh, uh, started to time things that I knew that if I could get it on, I could also get it off um, if anything went wrong. So, um, but yeah, so the sounds of it, if you've already got the horse kind of to a stage, you can just sniff on it. Um, what you find with those really sensitive, touchy horses, um, they're paired of, the physical presence of a person than actual objects. So when I used to work a lot of wild horses, I used to work with the longest sort of lunge stick I could find. Uh, if you had a thin piece of cane or something, you know, same same sort of thing that you can force from a distance because it's it's very um, it's a it's, it always seems a lot easier to get. Uh, a touch on a horse when your body's out from the horse so because the horse is going to be a lot calmer when you're at a distance and, and you'll be surprised how quick you can touch wild horses with an object at a distance. The idea with it is is, is obviously you, you've got to get them used to your physical presence, um, but you've also got to get them used to touch. And I found that I couldn't physically get close to a horse then I could always touch it with something from a distance. So really, if you can already get the horse to sniff or walk around with a long, long stick and it just becomes part of you and just as the horse goes by a little bit, you might just gently touch it and take it off, like touch and uh, release quite quickly and the horse will go, oh, what was that? And then, and, 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 and you let them sniff out on the stick and, and 
then you might just gently touch them on the jaw and, and take it away, touch and release. And you find in not so not not such a long time, you'll be able to sort of you know the, the little horse will move a little, and you'll keep the touch on it from the stick. Realize you can keep the hold or a little feel on the horse while it's moving, uh, and then take it away. So you might sort of start, as I said, touch and release, and then touch for a little longer, like a few release, and soon enough you'll be able to, you know, they'll be walking around and you'll just be able to rub them over with a stick and and just get them very comfortable with that. Uh, and as you're doing that, you might find you might actually start to get to a stage that when you when the little horse is sniffing on you, they actually get a little bit softer that you could touch them with your hand. But if, if not, I'm going to sort of give you the sort of the way that I would um, put a rope on a horse. So next thing you'd sort of have ready is you have a quite a long horse's um, and you've got to have a fairly small yard for this. You don't want a really big arena that they can just run off. You want a you know, reasonably small yard so you can have a long enough rope. You can always catch them, so you're not trying to catch them on the end of the rope. Um, and once you can touch them with the stick and rub them and, and things like that, handle them a lot yourself, but it means you can put things on them at a distance. So what I do is I just um, uh, get a... a, a a bit like the long reins that I use, those um, rope, um, the the, um, the yachting rope long reins that are a bit thinner than this, um, or something that's just a sort of fairly soft, light rope, um, not too abrasive. And you just put a little wrap around and you just sort of have it so you can rub and the rope's sort of connected, just wrapped around your stick a bit like a, uh, like a python. You can imagine a python uh, would just gently wrap around a um a branch or something like that or you see those um strangler figs that grow around a, a branch just do a few wraps around like that and then you just gently have a, have a bit of an end of that that rope hanging off the end of your stick and you just touch them with the end of the rope and feed that rope over the just like on the horse's wither just just the high side of their wither you know the next side of their wither and 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 one foot or so of rope hanging on the other side of the 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 wither, you can gently feed the stick out from 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 that rope, and that rope will be just hanging over there now. And you just sort of put that on and off. And and but but for but before you put it on, put the rope on, you'd obviously want to be touching and releasing, touching, releasing with the rope while so so it gets used to it. And then gently just take that out, and you just gently. Just gently flick, and, and the rope will slowly get longer on the other side until it just gently comes. And you just keep putting a little light flick over, and, the, and then the rope touches the ground a little bit more. And then, so you've got, you might have two meters of rope or so, and maybe even more side of the little horse. And as you approach and retreat, sometimes that horse will make a little step away from you. And as it steps away, you'll find that right in front of you, there's the ground um, because the it's just gently hanging around the horse's neck and then you just gently pick up on that rope and then what you'll have is you'll you won't you know it's not the lariat around their their neck and they're trapped you just have a rope hanging around their neck that you'll have two ends of so if anything really went wrong you could always let one end go and start again um, but if the ropes if the yard's reasonably small and the rope's quite long you can still sort of work it that you can just gently stay off your horse by pressure and just let the let the yard catch them, and then soon enough you can start to apply a little bit of feel on that rope, and they'll bring their thoughts into that in towards you, and then you release. And soon enough you can just work a bit of feel on the horse, and um, 
you can even get them to start to step towards you a little bit with that feel. So, you know, and then you might put a little feel and then and then step back a little and then they might come with their feet a little bit. And then they start to come into you and they get to, they just get more used. And then it wouldn't take long with all that touching of rope. And if you can already get her to, you know, them to sniff on you, then it wouldn't take long to be up there and, and be able to start touching on that halter. Uh, and then and then work on taking the halter off all while that rope's on their neck and they've already started to yield to that rope a little then you could just you know when you're up there just tie the, the rope onto your rope halter there and just gently take it off and then then you've got the long rope connected to your horse and continue the little you're there before you take the halter off because you might make some sort of headway and 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 then yeah while the halter's on continue the leading until they're a bit softer and then take the halter off and you could do that every day. Like on some real wild horses, I would actually catch them like that every day. So the catching process is stressful. Um, you know, I don't agree with like running them and chasing them till they, you know, drive drive them until they draw and have strong draw. Um, it, it's too stressful. Um, you're better off just sort of, you know, gently doing it. And each day they, get, they just get softer and softer that you can sort of just walk up and handle them uh videos that we've got online like i'd watch all the fold handling videos and now those videos are, um are me using a stick um some of those ones uh when when the mare's exactly in relation to a wild horse but you you'll see the similar principles of just putting a rope around their neck getting them to look in a little and stuff like that and you'll be able to take those principles with the wild horse at some stage i will put some of that sort of catching wild horse stuff on there online for people um, to, to watch when I've got really tough horses in that I can show you like tricks of the trade uh, instead of just like a, a you know horsemanship stuff I'll show you some tricks of the trade of how to gently hold her on in a quiet way and things like that um, that, that just gives people a bit more sort of um, of a skill set when they're dealing with really sensitive horses. Okay, that's great. Thanks, thanks, Mark. Yeah, I remember watching you um, with all the wild horses that you used to train, and um, and some of them extremely big and extremely powerful, and always so impressive about how massively large their bubble is. You know, you take one tiny step forward, and you're about thirty meters away, and they know. And then I remember that tiny, tiny little horse that we called. Um, I think uh, we called her uh, Wind, didn't we? She just used to blow as tiny little pony. <laughs> And, and I mean, I it took yeah. you it took you a week to get a hand on her, which was, I mean, jaw dropping because normally Mark would get a hand on them much much sooner. So it took a whole whole week to actually touch her. Once you touched her, you got a saddle on her the next day, and that was it. Um, she was like sort of putty in your hand. But that that initial touching was such a big deal for her, and I'll never forget that. Yeah, it's almost like that. That first the giving a horse is that really important and 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 then after that everything starts to sort of you know i remember doing brumbies from the north you know once once they allowed you in then it's amazing how much they let you do and not shut down way but more of a sort of a, a willing way and that and that's why it, it up too quick then and that's why it's so important though isn't it that when you touch them for that first time it's on their on their sort of you know they're part of that partnership because it does open up all the doors whereas if you've driven them and chased them and made them do that join up whatever you call it um or want to call it um you know you're starting on a, on a different uh platform aren't you and it probably doesn't open up so many doors yeah. so quickly so um yeah, so great yeah, no. 
um, yeah, you can make life hard for the whole process or try and make life easy. And, and, I, and I think it's so important that every, every part of the foundation the horses felt good about. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's sort of what's happening down the track that you're aiming for as well as what's happening right now. So yeah. Nicole has the next question for you, and it is about um, hand feeding. So she's doing some trick training with her gelding. He's a massive licker. So she sees that as a way of him emotionally resetting himself. And so she's not sure if she should continue to hand feed and encourage the licking. Um, one note that she says is that she's not at all worried about her bubble because he actually steps back to receive the treat. I was trying to think of a way to answer this um, without offending people who do a lot of positive reinforcement because I'm not, I'm not against people exploring with positive reinforcement and things like that. But I, I think it's very important we know the pros and cons. Now, um, I haven't done his reinforcement to be um, to talk deeply about the subject in a sense, but I'm just going to say, um, I guess out for when you're using positive reinforcement to get horses motivated to do things like whether it be tricks or you know come up to a mounting block and stuff like that. Is um, I don't know. There's one of the biggest addictions out there, I suppose, in, in humans um, now is coffee and stuff, caffeine. Like it's um, functioning caffeine addicts, I suppose, instead of you know that you're the term functioning alcoholics. Um, so, you know, a cup of coffee at a certain time in the morning when they wake up, you know, I was lying in bed this morning and I'm thinking, oh, I'd like a cup of coffee. Oh, I'm restless. And I thought, oh, I need a bit more rest, but I'm a bit restless because I need a cup of coffee. And I thought, geez, I might be turned into a caffeine addict. But what I'm is um, the restlessness of being in the future and wanting something uh, took me out of my present state of maybe restfulness. Um, and that is the risk that we run with, um, you know, positive reinforcement using food treats and stuff like that is to see when people get into it, there's obviously different treats that have different values, but you could imagine a horse having a licorice addiction. It, it would be more like, um, you know, in, in the sense of, oh, 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 what do I do? How do I get it? How do I get it? And that's the thing with anything. So when you see a lot of licking and chewing and licking and chewing, to me, found a happy place yet. It hasn't found that that place of just quietness and silence in its mind or presentness where it's happy right in that moment. And so with what you're doing, um, I would sort of wean, experimenting weaning off food treats and stuff like that with your horse and seeing if it just gets into a quiet place as in it's not in the future because food treats will keep a horse in the future i want a horse to follow a feel a real i mean i'm talking about not not do a cue or a trick i'm talking about the idea of something completely um connected to that idea they can't be in the future wondering they can't they can't have their mind on the cup of coffee that's ahead of them they have to be right in that moment so I, I think I'm not going to tell you how or whatever think about that and start to sort of analyze that and look at your horse a little harder and if you think your horse is hanging for that cup of coffee and it's in the time then it's only doing a trick 
it's not actually following the feel of the idea of the, the question you've asked. It's just doing something so it can get something. And I don't think in the long term that is, you know, if you keep them like that, it's not a good idea. You can sometimes get a bit of interest and start a horse's curiosity and searching through that sort of stuff. But you have to monitor all the time if they're, if they're, if they're doing something um, right in that moment or their mind's on the reward that's ahead of that's ahead of and and usually that um usually sets a horse up when you really want to put a detail on a certain movement or you know you want to only get the horse to maybe soften one foot not even move it um it gets harder to get a real detail when your horse is already a little bit in the future of how to find the reward so mark can i just ask you about that then so having a treat um to me could well be seen as a way that um you're establishing a good relationship with your horse uh you know you're asking it to do something and you're giving it the treat but are you questioning that are you sort of are you saying that actually no it's not actually benefiting your relationship because it's focused on the treat not necessarily you um, the, the, my, my, you have to be careful. Now, I'm, I, I just, I, I've got to be very careful here because I'm not trying to sort of say to people that I'm completely against positive reinforcement. I guess I just want people to sort of be mindful. Um, do, you, do you think the junkie um, has a strong relationship with the dealer? Yeah, it's a very that's, fragile, that's sort of, very fragile relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very fragile relationship. The junkie only wants the dealer. But, you know, um, you know, it's not. It's not necessarily. You know, you could. You can. It's life, and it, and it'll follow someone else through through the valley of death. That's that's that's. I guess what I mean. And 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 horses seek out. They don't seek out. Foods. They seek out uh, strength. Um. And you know, you can start ideas and get a little bit of sort of an idea that you're a safe place and get some sort of um good feeling off you through a treat and then maybe they get more curious about you and interested in you but if you continued at building a relationship i think it'd be sort of um um it'd be a bit wishful um horses horses seek that they 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 eat and um and they seek safety in numbers and um they just want that good feeling of feeling safe and um food they eat because they need it and they do like food but it doesn't give them safety so when when you look at sort of uh, what horses need they will seek safety before food so safety first um and 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 i think you get it with horses through showing them that you're a safe place to be around opposed to a tasty place Regarding that, I think I might have already mentioned it, but just about the licking and chewing in the in the in the question, I mean the stuff. Um, I would see it as not a positive thing, and if it, if if that all sort of disappeared to a sort of just faced horse that was kind of, you know, one with the environment, that would make me happy. That type of you know expression, but I see all that licking all the time and chewing and and not so not so happy because I know there's something going wrong in there. Okay, thanks, Mark. Okay, so moving on to the next question, it's from Tracy. So this time she's got a horse that you can touch. And um, however, she has been watching your starting the Duchess videos, which um, she's really enjoying. Um, But she said, um, she noticed that you said, when you get round to picking up the feet, 
you're not actually asking them to lift their feet when you touch them for that first time, you know, when they're highly, highly sensitive and often they can have that reaction to sort of pick up their feet and people kind of uh, jump on that and then use it to kind of that's yes, that's the signal and we're wanting to do work with their feet. And you say, no, don't you want to be able to touch the feet and you want them to be happy with that and they keep their feet down. So she says, yes, that makes so much sense. The problem is, what do you do when actually that is what your horse has been taught to do? The only lift, you know, they, they lift when they when you touch them to them. That's the cue. How do you get them to take a step back and not lift? Yeah. OK, so. Well, well, my mind's a little bit on the subject of positive reinforcement and negative, <laughs> and negative reinforcement. Um, I'll give you an example before we go. Go into dinners. Say you could. This is this is the whole thing about following a feel. Is a horse has to follow a feel, and it has to follow the feel of its foot. Follow the feel of your of what you're asking with your hand. If you sort of said to the horse, "Pick up your foot," and I'll re- reward you. The, horse when you do this i pick up my foot and i get rewards so it picks its foot up so it takes its foot to the position that you wanted it to get the reward so halfway in between ground and where it thinks it's supposed to pick its foot up to if you said stop there the horse will get confused um so the net the positive reinforcement horse to become qe but so can negative reinforcement i'm just about to explain that so some people sometimes want a horse to pick up a foot they might tap it with a stick or something mm. like that. Just one example, okay? So they might tap the horse with a stick, and then when the horse lifts its foot, they take the stick away. So that's negative reinforcement that says, I'll take away that stimulant foot. So either way, both horses did the same response, as in they picked up their foot, but not, not one of those horses. And that's the thing. Uh, to me, horse training is all about following a feel and it's a conversation doesn't cut start cut start cut start um it's a it's a continuation um so there's there's silence in the there's there's conversation not chop 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 so when i go down a horse's foot uh, i want them to soften into my hand so they can follow the feel of my hand up and 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 to, to get people sort of thinking, oh, what, what does he mean? I guess and uh, what, I, what I imagine, um, oh, and I say this to everyone at clinics and I've probably said it on here before, is imagine yourself, you've got your best friend standing beside you and they said, and you knew it was your birthday and hold on you and said, I'm going to take you by the hand and lead you down the staircase and there's a surprise. But because they're leading you down the stack blindfold on, well, you're not rushing because you know if you rush and you don't follow that feel of that hand, you're going to fall down the staircase. So the only thing you're thinking about is hands going and how you can follow it like a pathway. Okay, so a pathway is uh, a continuation, not a stepping stone, napping stone. And this is the problem with humanship, I call it, is... A pathway is something that it doesn't matter if it stops in front of you. It doesn't matter if it turns. You prepare anything that pathway gives and you just follow it wherever it goes. Whereas a stepping stone is something that you jump from here across a space and and your aim is in the future. You just need to get to there. 
Now, if you were jumping halfway between stepping stones and all of a sudden the stepping stone in front of the way like a rock would in a stream, you would panic and you would feel stressed. So if you can think of that in your following the feel is, a horse is completely happy to stand on the pathway and then follow it wherever it goes, whether it be the feel of your hand, the feel of a rain, the feel of where it is. Um, so when you run your hand down, you want the horse to follow the feel of your hand up and then hold softly in your hand. And then they're very confident with it because they need what they're supposed to do. It's not in the future. Um, so if that makes sense to everybody, then that gives you an idea of what we're sort of the mindset that we're looking for in our horses. So going to your horse, your horses become flinch in QE. So what I do with those horses, I just, I just run my hand down the leg until I start to see the anxiety of the cue coming. So the anxiety uh, is the horse starts to nearly start to shift like it's going to pick up its foot. You'll see it change its expression a little bit, things like that. Um, so what, what we're going to do is we're going to go down and, and as soon as we see that, we just back off a little bit and then go down again. And that point will slowly get down the leg. And you just keep working on it. So you're getting to a point where the horse thinks. It's almost like walking up to a horse and saying, oh, there's its bubble. It is, yes. Stop, step back. Mm. What's that? Yes. I'm agreeing. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so, so yeah you, you go and you see a spot where the horse starts to go, oh, I might have to do something, and then you back off, and the horse goes, oh, I don't have to do anything. And then they go quiet again. And then you just keep working your way down, approach approach and retreat down the leg until you can get and handle the foot and then you just handle the foot the reason for everybody else why you don't want a cuey leg on a horse as in a cuey leg that they just put time is well one day you want to bandage it one day you might want to just clean out a cut monday you know whatever uh one day you want to spray the horse's foot with something and you don't want it to so any two sensitive legs are kind of a, a real pain when you've got to deal with them when when you need the horse to stand and hold that leg on the ground so really important um, that we fix that. But all you have to do is fix it by that, by just going down. And that'll, that'll teach the horse to stand again and not pick up his foot. The next thing you just got to, you know, teach them to follow is just cut your hand around the base of their fetlock and just pull a little bit of pressure and wait till they loosen and then release and wait till they loosen and then release. Um, back horses that are carry a brace in the base of the neck and they've got the freeze in them. Those horses don't just pick up their feet following a feel very easy. So those ones need a lot of leading work. And what you can do and um, is basically you just get them so you can rock them in any direction in a lead and you can just get them to rebalance through their feet and they're super soft in the lead rope. Once they're super soft like that, you go back down their feet and you can teach them to rebalance a little in a certain way and go down the foot that they don't have a lot of weight on. Sometimes you can push on that lead rope if you've got a long enough arm or sometimes you put a bend in them to get them to soften down that side a little so they make that side available. And then you just hit some meal up. Another good thing is you just get a really long lead rope. You put it folded around the back of their, just under their fetlock, and you, you just gently lead. They're just about to take weight off that foot before they take weight and step it. And that's why you need good quality leading. If you don't have good quality leading, well, you can't, you can't do things like this because still in the lead so and it's just as about to take the weight off the foot you've got the rope around before you lead any further you just gently start to put the feel on the rope 
rope and move to the feel of the rope a little and just lead to the rope a little bit. Yeah, and that's just teaching their feet to lead. Um, and that's something you can also do to help them follow the feel of, of something until you can just handle their feet, put their feet down, and then everything's fine and there's not a lot of, um, you know, worry there. And, and I'm sure that'll, that'll you know, do, doing all horses, you know, quiet in the legs. That's amazing. So it all goes back to leading again. Thank you, Mark. That was some really good tips in there. Yeah, no worries. Okay, we're going to leave it there for now and um, we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.